Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, here with the other two musketeers, Tyler Snyder. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing great, George. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And Cody, what's up, Cody? Not much. Not much. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of be calling, being called a musketeer, though. I don't know why. Just I feel like I can way. never please this guy. Well, I'm a hard guy to please. <laughs> well... Anyway, well, while we find a way to please Cody, why don't we give you a little bit of what to expect today? We are going to recap the top stories in the NFL this week. We are going to finish the official Couch GM's mock draft doing picks 21 to 32. And at the end, we might give a couple final thoughts to the draft this Thursday, see how many picks we can get right. And you can check out what we did in picks 1 through 20 on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs. We will add 21 through 32 before the draft on Thursday. But with no further ado, why don't we jump into some NFL news? Sure thing. And I think the first news that we should discuss, because it might be some of the biggest news here, guys, and that is the Falcons are taking trade calls about one of the greats of our generation, and that is Julio Jones, the wide receiver. Um, you know, he's a huge trade uh, in our eyes because he's such a big player and we know what he can do. But as far as the league's concerned, the rumors that I've heard is they want a first round pick, but I don't think a team is going to be willing to give up a first round pick. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think a first round pick is definitely worthy of a guy of Julio Jones is talent, but I think they're stuck in that conundrum of his salary cap number is so huge, especially going into next year. And we're still not sure if the cap will go up next year for the TV deals or will be two years from now. So moving that contract, we're going to have to see, you know, they might have to give up Julio and a pick for something back to get a team to take on the contract, similar to what we saw with Brock Osweiler and what we saw the past, this past offseason with Jared Goff. <laughs> well, I mean, also, you're looking at a receiver now who is... Oh, you God. look like you're about to talk, so I was just like, I'll let Tyler talk. That's fine. I was, I was just nodding. I thought it was just super I was so ready for George to go since I just talked... And then it was like just silence. I was trying to keep my composure for somebody to just jump in, but I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. We, we literally ahead, took four days off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're also talking about a 34-year-old receiver. So at 34 years old, I don't know if you're going to be willing to trade a first-round pick when you can use that on someone who's going to affect your franchise for a lot more than the next three to four seasons at the best. So high expectations from the Falcons. I think they're better off holding on to him and trying to make that one more run before they lose Matt Ryan and have to scrap the whole thing. Do you guys think with the trade rumors, though, maybe they're not looking at a quarterback? I know, Tyler, in our mock draft, you projected them to take Justin Fields. Do you think if they're going to move on from Julio Jones, this makes them more interested in a guy like Jamar Chase or even a guy like Kyle Pitts to pair with Calvin Ridley if they do decide to move on from Julio. I think, honestly, at their draft position, um, I could see a bit of a reach on Kyle Pitts, if you can call it a reach, uh, because he is 
basically one of a kind in this draft where the receivers you can wait a little bit later and still get some solid talent as far as tight ends i'd say that there's two uh top level tight ends and then it just kind of falls off talent wise where receiver like i said there is some good depth so if they are going to pass on taking a quarterback i think that it'll be kyle pitts that they're actually targeting Definitely. I think it's becoming more and more clear that Pitts is going to be the first player off the board that's not a quarterback. And it seems insane to have a tight end go that early, but he's a special talent. So I think even if they don't trade Julio, they'd be in their best interest to take Pitts and try to go all in for another push before they have to rebuild the thing. And one more quick question before we move on for this. Hypothetically, the Falcons take Kyle Pitts since that's what we're thinking that they might do now that the Julio rumors have come out. Going to fantasy aspects, I know we're we're all in dynasty leagues. Tight ends are normally guys you don't draft high in the rookie the drafts, but what is your thoughts? And I know we'll get into this uh, after the draft, but potentially is Kyle Pitts up there for you guys as you know a surefire first rounder? Is he a top five fantasy option in your rookie drafts? A little sneak peek to what's to come after the draft from us. Well, I think this is such a strange year as far as dynasty football is concerned because typically there's two to five really good running backs coming out of the draft that are just must-haves at the very top of dynasty leagues because running backs are so hard to find that they are valuable and they can cash you in so many points. But this year, there are going to be some running backs that will be taken in the first round of dynasty league drafts, but there's really not as many that impress me or that I feel are must-grabs, must-haves. Um at least not now going into the draft, that I'm really looking at. There are some receivers, but just like the NFL teams are concerned, it is so deep at receiver that you don't really have to take one of those top guys to get a good receiver in this year's uh, dynasty draft. So a guy like Kyle Pitts could be a game changer. Um, Certain positions like tight end, if you get a guy like Travis Kelsey in a redraft, you're already so far ahead of the rest of the teams in your league because, yes, everybody's getting points from the running backs. Everyone's getting points for the receivers, but nobody's getting the Travis Kelsey level points from tight end. So that puts you above everybody else. So getting a guy like Kyle Pitts in Dynasty could be a game changer for you. And I think that he is going to be a first round pick in Dynasty leagues. I feel like we've been talking about calling him a receiver in all of these, you know, just talking the draft. I think it's going to end up being the same way when you're talking about dynasty drafts. Like he's going to play the tight end position. He's hopefully going to extend the three tight end top tier. That's Kelsey Kittle and Waller into a four. Hopefully he can be the fourth if he lands in the right spot. And you want a piece of that because the mid tier tight ends are starting to disintegrate as you're going along. And that top four is becoming even more valuable. So he should be a high first round pick in your dynasty drafts as well. Absolutely. Just thing to point out, though, tight rookie tight ends uh, normally are slow starters. Now, we are assuming that Kyle Pitts is uh, once in a generation, once every five to ten years type talent. So maybe he will come on quicker. So definitely has a higher value at the tight end position in Dynasty compared to redraft. But like I said, we'll talk about that after the draft. We're going to get all into fantasy. I, I did see Yahoo. They sent us an email. You can start mock drafting. Fantasy football is open, so I know we're getting excited for that coming up. Uh, But, you know, some other changes are coming to the NFL season this year. Uh, We had some rule changes that the NFL passed 
some simple ones that, you know, it's okay, it's 2021. How hasn't there been an expanded booth official for a communication, for objective calls? Finally, we get a booth in, in the sky. Uh, changes to the number of players allowed in the box on onside kicks, trying to get some balance out after last year when they said they couldn't get their running start. And, well, nobody could get an onside kick except young Hoku. He's the only guy that can make onside kicks successfully. Preseason Legend. overtime eliminated. Makes sense. Players already don't want to play in preseason. Get rid of overtime. Half the time, it's like the fifth stringers playing anyways at that point. So what's it truly matter? But the one, I know Snyder wasn't a big fan of this, uh, depending on the players that do it. But the big news is that expanded jersey numbers are coming out. I think the first big name was Patrick Peterson. He's going to the Vikings, and he said he's going to wear number seven. So it's going to look a little bit different, a little bit more college-esque uh, this upcoming season. Is there any players you're hoping that switch their jersey numbers, hoping that they don't stay? I know there is some money involvement for players on current teams. They have to like buy out all the jerseys. But So I know Dalvin Cook was like, oh, I ain't paying that much money to switch my number. But is there any numbers you're excited for? Or what are your overall thoughts on the expanded jersey number or any of the other rules that I glossed over? You know, I get the fact that uh, players want to be able to wear any number. It is kind of stupid that players have to wear certain designated numbers. Um, Tom Brady was really pissed off about this rule over the weekend. If you guys didn't see, he tweeted like four or five times, and he's a guy that doesn't usually tweet uh, just how pissed off he was at this rule and how stupid he thought it was. But And I get that there's players that played with a certain number in high school and in college that they want to carry over into the pros. But as a fan, I'm looking at it like I just don't like it, at least for the current players. Because let's just take, um, you know, A.J. Brown's behind me. Let's take him, for example. He was talking about changing his jersey number to one. Now, I got a autographed A.J. Brown jersey behind me. I have... Uh, an AJ Brown wearable jersey. I got my girlfriend an AJ Brown jersey this year. I have AJ Brown stuff everywhere, but it's all number eleven. If you change this to one, all that money I spent on number eleven doesn't seem as powerful anymore. Now suddenly there's a whole nother jersey. Then you got the fan aspect of now. Do I feel like I have to buy jersey number one? Is jersey number eleven just as special? If he goes on and does all of his greatness wearing jersey one, like it's just as a fan. We don't make the kind of money that these NFL players do. I know they want to wear certain numbers, but we don't make as much money and we still spend our hard-earned money on their merchandise for certain numbers. We support certain numbers. I'd love for these players to be able to keep these same numbers so that, you know, this stuff doesn't go out of value. Took the words right out of my mouth, Tyler. I think it's good that you're going to allow college players now coming in to wear some of the numbers that they've worn their entire life. But the players that currently are wearing something and you have the memorabilia of, I would hate to see change. I guess I'm on the opposite end of the the spectrum on this one. I think it's super cool that they're finally allowing players to not be restricted to certain numbers. I believe interior defensive linemen are still restricted to some numbers. So I know there's been like the free defensive linemen's uh, tweets out on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, I do, as you guys can see behind me, I have jerseys on the wall. I have players' jerseys 
And to me, you know, it's almost, I think they become more valuable if they, they get changed. Now, obviously the ones you wear on game day, you wear to the game, you're obviously going to want to get your favorite players most up to date. But if using Snyder, for example, if AJ Brown switched numbers to 11 on the career or from 11, he is 11, right? Mm -hmm. He is okay. He is 11. If he switched it to number one, like you have this, this cool, uh, you know, old Jersey, but still for a current player. I know our friend Sheeler, he got a Derrick Henry number two Jersey when he would wear that during the off season, just because he, he liked it. So there is fans out there that get Jersey numbers of their college players or, you know, they're, they're there that just they'll duct tape over the last guy when someone gets a new number. So I think there's all different types of, of fans out there. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited to see some, some cool numbers. I do think it's kind of odd though, that the NFL is making players like buy out the inventory. Like I get why they're doing it, but like, I think like it was some astronomical, like $1.5 million or something. Dalvin cook would have had to spend to just switch his number from 33 to four. Uh, so that doesn't make it almost seems like it's it's better to be a rookie this year or a, a free agent coming to a new team that your jersey hasn't been printed yet. Uh, but those longtime players, I think you're there. No one's going to swap numbers just to to blow money like that. I don't think. Uh, you know, I'm gonna throw it back to Stefan Diggs because uh, he actually tweeted when this rule first passed and he was thinking about changing his number to a single digit number as well. And he actually tweeted out after some thought, I can't change my number. All the people that spent their hard earned money supporting number 14, I have to keep it. I just appreciate guys like him that realize, uh, you know, the everyday fan that do try to support certain numbers. I mean, especially for a guy like Diggs. I mean, he just went to the bills. So all those Bills fans that just spent their money on 14, if he then changed it after being there for a year, I mean, is that 14 jersey really that special because it's more rare since he was only there for a year? Or is it kind of seem more like a knockoff because it's not the number he's going to wear the rest of the years he's there in the Bills? I mean, it's just, it's definitely a debate. I Like I said, I like the fact that they are changing it for people coming in. I just wish they wouldn't change it for players that are already currently there. And we'll see if there's any news of any of these current players changing. I think there hasn't been yet. Like you said, the Patrick Peterson thing, he's going to a new team. So it's not even really like he changed his number and everyone in Cardinals gear has to change all that. He's going to a new team, changing it fresh anyway. So we'll see. But anyway, before we get into our mock draft, it is important to note there was a trade that affected the first round of this year's draft, and that was involving the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City Chiefs acquired offensive tackle Orlando Brown from the Ravens, a second round pick and a sixth round pick next year. Baltimore got number 31 in the first round this year, as well as a third and a fourth round pick this year and a fifth round pick next year. It's a lot of numbers thrown around. I'll probably throw something on the screen for you guys watching on YouTube to follow it a little bit. But importantly, Chiefs get an offensive lineman. Baltimore gets a second pick in the first round this year. What are your guys thoughts on that trade before we move into our mock? Well, I like the fact that the Chiefs saw that they had an issue on the offensive line and actually went out and did something to help fix it. Um, There is the argument, couldn't you have used that pick to get an offensive lineman in the draft? Uh, The issue is a guy like Orlando Brown is 
proven where you get a guy in the first round of the draft. He might not be proven. I mean, I know I'm a Titans fan. I always throw it back to the Titans, but look at Isaiah Wilson. We thought he was going to be some stud help fix our offensive line issues. And now he might not even be in the league anymore uh, for the rest of his career. Just that quickly. I'm not saying all these guys are going to have off the field issues, but you never know. Not all of these guys work out the way they're supposed to. So they went out, they got a proven talent. Um, and, you know, the rate, the Chiefs still get a second-round pick this year, which they had such a late first-round pick that it was almost a second-round pick anyway, so it's really not too big of a hit. They do miss out on some top talent, but I think the Chiefs are going to be completely fine here. I think it was a good move on their end. I'm not a huge fan of Orlando Brown. I think he's, you know, really strong up top, kind of weak down low. I think that he keeps his feet a little too close together, which allows him to get beat by top-level edge rushers, but he is really good against mid to lower level edge rushers. So maybe some better coaching, he would improve. But at the same time, like I said, I think the Chiefs made the smart move here. I think they went out, got a good player that they definitely needed. Baltimore picks up some extra picks because, you know, they do need more players than people give them credit. You look at Baltimore like they're a top level team, but really they have quite a few holes they need to fix before they want to become a true Super Bowl contender. So I think it was a good trade for both teams, to be honest. Yeah, I do like I do like the move uh, for both the Ravens and the Chiefs. It is a little bit interesting to me though that the Chiefs are making this move because they they cut Eric Fisher, they cut Mitchell Schwartz. They had their tackles. Now they were both getting up there in age. They were both coming off injuries, uh, but they moved on to those guys for quote unquote cap savings. They acquired Orlando Brown, who is still on his rookie contract, but the reason he was became available was because he replaced Ronnie Staley this year at left tackle. He was predominantly right tackle. He did very well at left tackle. He wants left tackle money. The Ravens weren't going to pay him left tackle money. He wanted to go somewhere he could play left tackle and make bank. Well, apparently the Chiefs are going to be willing to pay Orlando Brown a ton of, mo- a ton of money to be their their left tackle of the future, protect Mahomes blind side for years to come and they already have a lot of money dished out to other players um you know two years ago we thought the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs dynasty was here to stay for a very long time and I'm not proclaiming that it's over in any uh sense of the word like they're still going to be a very good team the next few years but the more players they bring in the more money that they have to go they're going to become similar to how we saw the Rams. You know, they got very top-heavy talent, but if they didn't have the depth to back up injuries. And it could be harder, especially the AFC is getting stronger, the NFC is getting stronger. The Chiefs might not be the next Patriots or the next dominant team. They might might be a few years till they make a Super Bowl again. If they even get back to the Super Bowl, uh, just the way that they're managing all these big names and trying to – it's almost like they're going in for one big last year before they have to blow it up because they're just almost out of money. But like you're, you're we talk about cap all the time and how it's a myth because you just kick stuff down the road. Well, the Chiefs essentially kicked it down the road by getting rid of two guys who had heavy cap hits this year to get a guy on his rookie deal who then they can sign to a deal to kick that money down the road even further. So you kind of answered your own question of why did they do it just by the same thing you always say of the cap's a myth and you just push stuff down, down the road. And that's exactly what they did by making this move. I, I agree. At the same the, time, I, I do if you say- think about Orlando Brown, he's 
still on his rookie deal this year. It is a business. I mean, as much as they say he's going to be our guy of the future, how much have we heard people in the past say, oh, yeah, this is our guy of the future, and then they just don't re-sign him or they dish him out later? Like, the Chiefs could very well say, hey, we're going to give you a contract. We don't want to worry about it this season. We want to worry about it in the offseason. Give it your all. You're going to collect that big cap at the end of the season. So he comes out, plays left tackle, and plays absolutely lights out because he's trying to get that big contract. The Chiefs go for that one last big push uh, to try to win a Super Bowl this year, and then they let him walk at the end of the season. That's also a very big possibility. Now, I'm not saying they would trade a first-round pick to just let a guy walk at the end of the year, but if they think this is the one piece they need to win another Super Bowl, would you say that a Super Bowl is worth a first-round pick? Because I would. Truth. Yeah, I would, I'm not, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't think they're letting Orlando Brown walk. He'll probably have a deal extension before the season even gets started. You don't trade a first round pick for a one year rental, essentially. Um, and he is still young. So I'm, I'm not, again, I still think it was a smart move on both teams. The, the Chiefs, just the way they're, they're handling their money and the whole cap situation. Maybe I, I'm just still thinking, you know, how the cap didn't go up this year. We're still not sure if it's going to go up next year. This team that we thought was like the high and mighty, like, like, oh, man, this is the Golden State Warriors. Like, they're going to three years in the championship. Like, just mark in September, put chalk in the the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see them in February. Um, I'm just saying that this team might not be destined for the Super Bowl every year like we thought just a few seasons ago. Not saying they're going to be a bad team. Just think these moves sometimes make me think, hmm, maybe there is a, a little bit different approach or maybe they're not going to be – that team we thought they were. And it just also, as much as I hate to give them credit, shows how much of an anomaly the New England Patriots were for how well they were for those 10 consecutive, 10 plus consecutive years. It's very true. But guys, I think that's enough talking about a draft trade. So why don't we go ahead and get into our mock draft? Um, so, George, I believe you started off today. We are starting with pick. Uh, 22 uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. So, George, 21. why don't you go ahead? 21, my bad. Uh, we are starting with pick 21. I got pick 22, my boys, the Titans. So, George, why don't you start it off? Pick 21, take a terrible pick with the Indianapolis Colts. Wish I could say it was a terrible pick, but Colts on the clock. Uh, just quick overview of what they got this offseason. Carson Wentz, that's about it. They didn't really do much else in free agency. They lost their other two quarterbacks and Anthony Walker was their notable. So you got the argument of, do you give Carson Wentz some more weapons as he moves into his new home in Indianapolis? That's wide receiver. It puts that wide receiver on the board. You could got an offensive tackle as well. Try to protect him a little bit. But if you remember back to a couple episodes ago, there was a cornerback on the board that I was debating for my Philadelphia Eagles that has now fallen way too far and the Colts could use a corner. So, He's finally coming off the board. That's going to be J.C. Horn, South Carolina cornerback. He comes from an NFL bloodline. His father, Joe Horn, was a wide receiver. He is a great mix of size and speed. He seems like he's going to be potentially even the first cornerback off the board. So to have him fall to 21, if this happens in real life, I'll be absolutely shocked. The Colts cannot pass on him needing a cornerback. So J.C. Horn to the Colts at 21. 
definitely yeah, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and if he falls this far in the draft, I'm going to be pissed as well. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't think any of us are truly expecting JC to fall, despite the fact that in our own mock draft he he has. Um, and if the, he's there, they're probably going to in to get JC Horn, similar to how the Vikings did not expect Justin Jefferson to be there last year, and then. All of a sudden, the Eagles took Jalen Rager, and they like laughed and had to run the card in. Um, but I do think 21 for the Colts is a prime spot to see a team trade up. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, the New York Jets, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they all have cornerback needs. They're all right there. The Colts, you know, they traded their first-round pick, well, probably their first-round pick. Uh, next year, they traded their second-round this year with the Eagles already. They might want to be on the, a team trying to move back to recoup some picks. Uh, so if, even if J.C. Horn is there, a team might try to jump the Titans or the Jets to come up and get a cornerback. And I'm particularly talking to the Green Bay Packers, come up and get Caleb Farley, please. Before we move on, because Cody triggered me. I had to, bud. <laughs> this guy is talking about the Minnesota Vikings and how they're talking about the Justin Jefferson getting getting him instead of the Eagles thing. Yeah, that was dumb. But the Vikings and Justin Jefferson have now said things twice this week to try to trash the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's all they've been doing since they lost the Eagles in the NFC Championship three years ago. So I just want to tell all you Vikings fans and the Vikings themselves to get over it because the Super Bowl champion banner is hanging behind me. So yeah, have fun. Okay, now that George yeah. has got his 10 seconds of fame, uh, Tyler, you're up with the Tennessee Titans. And in an ideal world, uh, the Colts would botch this pick as well. J.C. Horn would fall to the Titans, and the Titans would laugh and run that pick in, uh, just like the Vikings did. And I don't see that happening, though. And the Titans honestly need a – corner or a receiver those are their two biggest needs i think that they're going to draft whoever's best out of those two positions at this pick um i definitely debated caleb farley the corner from virginia tech but instead i'm going to go with the wide receiver Kadarius tony out of florida just a quick little funny thing guys nfl.com currently has Kadarius tony um listed as five foot 12 inches now I wasn't really great in math in high school, but I'm pretty sure that's just six foot. Pretty sure. That's how I tell people anyway. I'm six feet. I'm 5'12". <laughs> I, so I am taking Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida, to the Tennessee Titans. They could use another receiver after losing Corey Davis. They... Also could use a corner after losing Malcolm Butler and Adore Jackson, but at least they were able to go out and get Janoris Jenkins, who I'm not in love with, but at least it's somebody to slot in at corner next to Christian Fulton. Really, I don't think the Titans have anybody to play receiver next to A.J. Brown that's worth noting at the moment. A couple low-level guys that might play some slot here and there, uh, might play some third downs every now and then, but really they need somebody to play opposite A.J. so that he doesn't get double-triple covered on every single play. Uh, really open up the passing game and opening up the passing game really opens up the running game. And Derrick Henry is going to lead the league in rushing yet again. Drop the mic. Okay. Enough Titans talk for, for one episode. So I'm just going to move right along to <laughs> the New York jets. They are back on the clock. 
I get to make their pick again. Just a quick reminder, at pick two, we took quarterback Zach Wilson out of BYU. Uh, they're back here at pick number 23. They still have a lot of needs. They Their two biggest are probably cornerback and edge, but let's be real, the New York Jets need help pretty much everywhere, but at least they have a quarterback now. Um, I Again, you heard me cry for the Packers to come up and get Caleb Farley. Tyler talked about taking Caleb Farley. I really want to take Caleb Farley here for the New York Jets. But when I look at our board and I see the edge rusher, Jalen Phillips, for me, still available. To me, he's the best pass rusher in the entire draft, despite being the third pass rusher off our board. You win you win on in the trenches that desperately need edge help. They go get a athletic guy who is versatile, has he has some room to grow. I would love to see what Robert Sala could do with him. So the New York Jets will be selecting Jalen Phillips edge out of the U. He's just trying to trigger everybody today. Tyler, you have a comment about the U? <laughs> I just we were having a conversation before we started recording this podcast that I hate Miami because they call themselves the U. Anybody that is a university is the U. You're not special. But uh that's that's enough about the U for today. So uh go ahead, George. You're next on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on along we got the pittsburgh steelers on the clock and a couple of different ways you could go here this is a very serious consideration for running back i think that's important to note because there's a chance a running back goes off the board in the first round here and most likely be Najee harris i mean they lost james connor and added kalen balaj he was a savior for a couple people in the middle Ooh. of the year in fantasy last year but that's about it <laughs> no one's special so debated Najee Harris but the name that keeps getting thrown around here and another team that needs cornerback help means I'm gonna pick another cornerback because I'm the only one that's apparently gonna pick him out of all of us and it's gonna be Caleb Farley cornerback out of Virginia Tech you um <laughs> so big long and actually very physical cornerback he's very good with the um, affecting the release of receivers playing press and he has a lot of potential for improving as a run defender as well so he's not going to be one of those corners who's afraid to tackle which is big because I mean you have a lot of shutdown corners in the NFL that don't tackle well but it's fine because they just knock the ball down at least it's good to know if you have a corner who's good at coverage but still is willing to get physical and make the tackle that's a big plus Yeah, and let's not forget, if it wasn't for his second back surgery, Caleb Farley's a top 10 pick. So it's just, a, he's he's going to fall on Thursday night because of the question marks. He wasn't able to compete in his pro day because of the back injury. He should be ready for camp. It's going to be similar to what we saw with Miles Jack. He got injured right before the process. He was projected to go in the top five. He fell all the way to the second round. I don't think Caleb Farley will fall quite as far uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers, as much as I hate to say it, they would get a solid player there if Farley falls to them. I thought you might go running back. I'm not going to lie. They they desperately need running back help. But hey, you can get a running back anywhere. I know it's going to hurt you a little bit. You're on luck with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you can't take a punter. I've tried twice now for division rivals. Yeah, well, all right. I guess a kicker is going to the Jaguars, so this is exciting. This is exciting stuff. Uh, but no, in all honesty, guys, 
Uh, first off, backtracking a little bit to the Steelers, I do think that they do desperately need a running back. However, there are still some decent running backs on free agency that are available that have not been signed. And I honestly believe that after the draft, if teams don't get the running backs they like at the picks they like, there is going to be a flood of signings for running backs. Um, So just wait until next week. You will see some running backs get signed, and that will definitely shape up your fantasy outlook for next season. But anyway, back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got this pick via the Rams in trade. Um, I'm about to botch this name completely, but I think that they desperately need some help on safety. So they're going to go with Trayvon Morig. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Um, He played for TCU. He is a safety. He is a junior. He's honestly a great deep safety, a very physical player. He's able to dislodge the pass when it comes in. Um, He does get beat on some double moves. However, that is something that might be coachable once he gets to a good team. So I'm sorry that that's never going to happen with the Jacksonville Jaguars and their joke of a team. Um, But honestly, you're getting your top guy in Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft. I mean, I know this is just a mock draft, but I'm pretty certain that's who they're going to get. So now I think it's time to focus more on the defensive side and you need to get a guy that can really command the defense safeties. A lot of times can be the uh, quarterback of the defense, if not the middle linebacker. So I'm going to say Trayvon Morig. He's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars pick here. Hey, that's, that's another solid pick. I think you're pretty close with the pronunciation too. It's either Morig or, or Merrick, or I don't think it's Merrick, but some people like drop the O when they announce it. So who really knows? Uh, he's a good player, though. That's all that really, really matters. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we get the top safety in the draft. We get the top quarterback in the draft. So, so far, you've got to make both their picks, and you've done a pretty good job with both of those. I'm now on the clock with the Cleveland Browns, who they did, as we t- recently uh, signed Jadavian Clowney. He is hopefully – participate in training camp this year uh but the domino effect of that signing was they cut sheldon richardson and we talked about it when we talked about the clowny news their defense was really good they didn't have a lot of holes on offense uh maybe they want to look for a wide receiver outside of uh obj just in case he can't stay healthy or and they can keep jarvis landry in the slot uh but i think they're gonna go right for the best defensive tackle in the draft, in my opinion. They're going to replace Owen Richardson. Christian Barmore fell right to their lap. Take the defensive tackle out of Alabama. Um, he's a little bit of a late bloomer in this process. process. Uh, he really excelled in the college football playoffs to make a big name for himself. He's out of Alabama. We've seen plenty of Alabama defensive tackles do well in the league. He is going to be able to eat up blocks, still rush. He still has the athleticism to rush the passer, and he's going to get to play with Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett on an already stacked defensive line. So it makes a ton of sense for them. Cleveland Browns replace an older Sheldon Richardson with a younger, more athletic guy in Christian Barmore. Makes sense. I like that pick for them. I mean, without many people leaving their roster, like we talked about, they were a lot like the Buccaneers with pretty much bringing all of their starters back already being a good team. You do lose one starter there. You place them right there with a first round pick and now you have three first round picks 
on that defensive line, two of them first overall. So that'd be very interesting to see how that would work. Yeah. Tyler, buddy, you're muted. Tyler's trying to talk to us, but he's muted. <laughs> Man, I hate myself. Yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns are actually going to be one of the most dangerous teams this upcoming season. Um, they are definitely a team to watch out for, and they are one of my early Super Bowl favorites. Uh, no spoilers here, but we got to see how the rest of the offseason unfolds before we can make those predictions. Uh, so next up is George, I believe, with the team I love so much, the Baltimore Ravens. Who are you taking here? All right, Baltimore Ravens at pick number what is it 27 we're 27 all right they do have two picks (laughs) two picks coming up today so anyway they lost two key edge rushers this offseason and matt judon and yannick Ngakwe. so edge rusher was on my mind for this as well as they just trade away at offensive tackle but their offensive line was already fairly strong so i'm gonna go out there and do what everybody thinks that they've needed for the last seven years and haven't ever gotten and that's gonna be a wide receiver (laughs) So I kind of teased at liking this guy in the past. Now that Tony's off the board, he's the top left in my available, and that would be Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Six-foot guy, he does possess the size to be an outside target, so he can play across from Hollywood Brown. He has pro-ready hands and has made a few of circus catches on his highlight reel there in college. There's only one concern I have with him going to Baltimore, and that is that he was not asked to block a lot in college in the run game. And you know, if you go to Baltimore because they like to run the ball more than they pass, your receivers have to block. So let's see if they go with this pick for that reason. But I think he's the best receiver on the board and the best thing that can help their pass offense, which is what they need to focus on. So Rashad Bateman to the Ravens, and they'll have to learn how to block if he goes there. Absolutely, George. Hopefully he can actually step up and become a number one because, you know, we've had discussions about this in the past. I really don't believe that Hollywood Brown is a number one. Uh, He could be a 1B, um, but most likely more of a number two receiver. So hopefully Bateman can come in and be that number one or at least the 1A, 1B switch that they need um, because they need something to help out their passing offense, whether it is Lamar not throwing it well enough or the receivers not getting open. Something definitely needs to change in that passing offense for them to become a very successful team like we all expect them to be. Yeah, completely agree with that. Bateman falling this far might be a, another surprise guy. He'd easily go in the top 20 or maybe just like we're predicting, he falls to pick 27. Uh, but that leaves the Saints up at pick 28 and Tyler you have the floor my friend yes pick 28 the New Orleans Saints and you know I think at this point the Saints need to take the best player available at one of their needs but the funny thing is and it feels weird saying this about the Saints because we're expecting them to be so good for so long I don't think there's really a position that isn't a need at this point I feel like you can highlight almost every position that they have and say that they could use a little bit of help here. It's just so crazy to believe with the saints. I think that they're going to have to start uh, really, you know, cleaning house and building from the ground up. And I think they can really do that by starting with uh, Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. 
I think that he would be a great addition. He could be that, like I said before, the quarterback of the defense. He could really come in and command that defense. I think he is, um, you know, he could play off the edge if needed. They can move him around. I just feel like they need best player available. And I think at this point in the draft, Zayvon Collins is that guy. Yeah, the the dude is a freak athlete. So any any position that's a freak athlete, you know, makes a, a ton of sense. He would fit right in with that, like, New Orleans Saints defense. He would gel. I'm sure uh, Cam Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins, Marshall, or like, I feel like he would excel and gel complete with those. Uh, but before we move on for your pick, I got to ask, was there any consideration for a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? There is some consideration for a quarterback. I, But at the same time, I don't think you pay Taysom Hill the amount of money that you're paying him, even with the weird changed contract and the clauses and everything. And you don't have a guy like Jameis Winston still there re-signing him for a one-year deal if you don't think that at least one of them is going to be the guy. Uh, so I think that as much as they should go quarterback here, they have so many other pieces that um, – Honestly, there's a good chance that they are terrible this year. And next year they have an earlier pick and they're able to take a different quarterback earlier in the draft and have a better player at that position. I think that is a very real possibility with them. I can expect it. Also, I think if they were wanting to take a quarterback, they would actually trade back a little bit because I think you can get one of the next guys, that five and six that we've been talking about uh, in the early second round rather than in the first round. I'm with you, Tyler. I think that 100% makes sense. So get your phones out. Get distract yourself for the next 10 minutes because Cody is on the board with the Green Bay Packers at pick 29. Hey, I know you want to get a little jab at me, and that's fine. Tyler, you can get up. That's fine with me, too. I've already mentioned it a little bit. I'm not going to even talk that long, hopefully before Tyler gets back. But I talked <laughs> about how I wanted the Packers to trade up to 21 to get Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley's not... Uh, I know Packers Twitter, they're like, please, we need a receiver. Stephen A. Smith is probably saying we need a receiver. But you know what? You know what we really need? We need a cornerback. A cornerback that's not going to give up last play of the first half on a long ball. Touchdown to Scotty Miller. <laughs> and I think one of the best cornerbacks draft is still available here. And I'm just going to go ahead and get his name out there. It's Greg Newsom, the second out of Northwestern. This guy might be one of the top uh, zone cover three defenses, which our new the Packers' new defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, is planning to run. He's planning to run that Vic Fangio, uh, Robert Sala style of defense. Newsom would fit right in, play that perfectly, pair him really nice with Jair Alexander, making us a true lockdown secondary. They still have Kevin King if he's not quite ready to go at the – Beginning of the season, he can slowly progress into becoming an NFL starter. But adding a guy like Greg Newsom, who is an elite athlete, had an incredible pro day, probably a pro day that doesn't allow him to be here at 29. The Packers are, and Greg Newsom are both there at pick 29. I know they get 10 minutes to pick. They will take about a whole seconds to make the pick. And then just one last thing I, I do have to say, though, and you guys can chime in here. How fun, like I would be, I'd probably be heated night of, 
but how much fun would it be to watch the internet, the sports media outlets, and everything if the Packers go quarterback here again? Like, just think of, like, the mass confusion, the mass hype, all the headlines. If we get – they took Jordan Love last year, and we take Kellen Mond this year. Part of me really wants to see it just for the Twitter. Well, wasn't there, like, some random rumor that – there was like a leaked photo that the Patriots like had on their board. They were trading for Jordan love. So, I mean, that would fit right into, Oh, the Packers need another backup quarterback. Here you are. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, but, that uh, was proven to be fake. Packers some, to dude literally, love. Dude, some dude literally like wrote on a sticky note. It said, uh, 15, uh, and one other pick for Jordan love and pick 29 or something like that. And was like, oh, I work for the Patriots. And like somehow it went viral on on Twitter. <laughs> so if you want to start something, just take a sticky note, put it in an inconspicuous place next to your computer, post it on Twitter and say you're a scout for a team. And maybe you'll get some new followers out of it. Yeah, I think it would be really funny yeah, for the Packers been, to take a quarterback. We've been trying to hire the podcast wrong all along. Apparently. Apparently, we just needed sticky notes this whole time. But honestly, I, th- I think it would be funny for the Packers to take a quarterback. But I also think it would be funny after drafting A.J. Dillon last year and after re-signing Aaron Jones for them to go out and get a guy like Najee Harris to use that first-round pick on another position they really don't need. Uh, it would just be great for the Packers to do that back-to-back years. You're, uh, I prefer another quarterback over Najee Harris, but... Uh... Let's hope they don't do either of them. And before you talk me into or talk about doing, this is nice, George. Way to go! But before you talk, in, is that a sticky note Packers or an index Any card? other uh, bad picks? Oh, it has to be a sticky note. I will not disclose the details. If that's Couldn't an index card, note. you're not even trying for our podcast. You know, get out of here. You're t- you're kicked off. I'll let you guys make the Bills pick. No, actually come back and make the Bills pick. You're on the clock. All right, here we go. Pick 30, Buffalo Bills. So, I've been talking so many times about I want to take running backs this uh, this mock draft. And this would be another great spot, as you know, they're not really deep at running back there in Buffalo, even though now they added Matt Breida just to have another piece in there to throw throwing everybody out there. But another cornerback need here. So, I'm going to go with another cornerback. It seems like I've only been drafting cornerbacks today. But here we are. And another person with a really good bloodline, that would be Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State, going to the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, his father was a cornerback in the NFL. And he is a well-built, above-average size with good lower body strength. He could be another very physical cornerback, like I talked about with my last pick. So, Asante Samuel, Buffalo Bills. And we're just going to have everybody taking corners here at the end of the first round. You know, I don't hate the pick, honestly. Um, the Bills' offense was clicking last year. I thought they were pretty solid. Um, if they can make that defense even more dominant, you know, the Bills are just going to continue to be scary. And Asante Samuel Jr. is definitely one of the better corners that can help them do that. Yeah, it's a great pick. I was hoping he would fall for the Tampa Bay hoping for it uh, but since I get to make the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick uh, here in a few minutes I was hoping that he would still be on the board for them uh, d- makes a ton of sense 
he'll probably start in the slot and then be able to move outside after a year. But just like the Packers, you know, get a guy opposite of Tredavious White, make it a lockdown secondary. The Bills are already a pretty good team. They're just adding more pieces to help get them over the hump. All right, Cody. Well, that means that I am now on the clock with pick 31. So I have the Baltimore Ravens. They got this pick from the Kansas City Chiefs. And I just thought I would have a very fitting pick here. They got this pick because they traded away an offensive tackle. So what better position to draft than an offensive tackle? So I think that they are going to help shore up that offensive line, help fill up a hole that Orlando Brown leaves um, through the trade. And, man, I hope I don't mess up this name too. Uh, Liam Eichenberg is who I am taking. He is the tackle out of Notre Dame, Cody's favorite college. If you guys didn't know, uh, you can actually send any Notre Dame gear to Cody's house if you would like. He loves the team. They are his favorite. Um, They are definitely better than Virginia Tech, let me just say. Anyway, Liam Eichenberg is one of the better tackles still left on the board. And like I said, I think he fills that hole that Orlando Brown leaves. So I think he slots right in here on this offensive line. Uh, helps take this offense to the next step. I need to take a screenshot of Cody's face when you were going off about Notre Dame being better than Virginia Tech and make that a meme because he was the least amused I have ever seen him in his entire life. And that's saying something because I have very limited facial expressions. Uh, but Notre Dame is not a very good school. They're overrated. And maybe they should play in a real conference and not the independent league. Uh, and stop being put in the college football playoffs because they lose by 40 points every time. But we're not going to get into all that. We got <laughs> we got one more pick. Uh, that would be me with the Tampa Buccaneers, like I mentioned earlier. And the Buccaneers don't have any needs. They brought back all 22 starters. They're literally playing with house money. They can make any pick they want. I, I would have told you this should have been a running back. But then they go out and sign Gio Bernard. They are they brought back Leonard Fournette. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn last year. They have Ronald Jones. They can't carry five running backs. So I don't know how they would take one in the first round. So I'm going to go with an ultra raw, but a high upside guy out of Penn State, another school that I'm not a huge fan of, but way better than Notre Dame. Uh, but I'm going to take the edge, Jason Owe. Now, like I said, he's extremely raw. He didn't have any sacks in 2020. Uh, he had a few sacks in 2019. Not a high sack guy, but he's athletic, has a lot of growing to do. But we've seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers already have two talented edge rushers and Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Barrett, two guys that could mentor him. Owe can come in and just be the third down specialist to start. He could get work his way up, develop makes a ton of sense for them for for this year to add a third pass rusher but also prepare for the future because Jason Pierre-Paul isn't going to play forever and eventually they will be able to replace him with Jason Owe. So that's who I'm going to go with to wrap up the first round of our Couch Games mock draft. I love this pick actually because you talk about like they're playing with house money. They brought back all their starters. So it's hard to find somebody that can fill in and make an impact with their first round pick, you know, with no open spots, you know, as a starter open. But you're talking about Jason Pierre Paul. He came from the New York Giants when they patented the NASCAR package, bringing in the extra edge rusher and putting him inside. 
So you might even be able to do that with him now if he can still handle that this time at this point in his career. Bring in Oway on third down, like you said, and bring the three edge rushers in. That was brilliant. I like that move, and it's somebody that could actually make an impact despite there not being an open spot starting for the Bucks. Well, I gotta say, if you're thinking about that... the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sure. No, let's hear mind blowing first. No. Okay, well, hear mind blowing first. Uh, Warren Sharp posted this on Twitter. The same guy that traded up to get Roberto Aguayo in the second round has now transformed the, the Buccaneers to be a Super Bowl winning team and was able to re-sign all 22 players and looks like a genius GM. But just a few years ago, he traded up in the second round for who wasn't even good. Something to think about. You know, GMs Man, are often on a hot seat quick, and personally. somehow. <laughs> yeah, but Tyler, I cut you off, so why don't you uh, fill us in with your thoughts? Absolutely. Um, so the Buccaneers pick I find very interesting. You know, you asked me earlier with the Saints um, if you think they would be willing to take a quarterback here. But I'm surprised to hear that you don't think the Buccaneers would take a quarterback because, yes, Tom Brady never seems to age. But at the same time, he is still up there in age. Um, so at some point, they're going to have to replace him. And most of these studs that they brought back, I mean, granted, they're going to have to keep trying to keep these guys. A lot of them were signed to one-year deals. But uh, you think about you know Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin, and you know I won't even go on the list, but there is a laundry list of great players on this team that are all very young they could go on a dynasty-style run if they were able to find a quarterback to switch from Tom Brady to later on, as well as if you get a guy now, Tom Brady can coach up a rookie, so when he does move on, this guy has learned from one of the greatest of all time. Why not go quarterback here? Because well, the I talent do- left is probably the reason I would think. Well, I do think Kellen Mond is right on the brink of being a first-round pick, especially a later uh, guy, uh, the quarterback out of Texas A&M, or is it Mississippi State? I always get those two confused. George, you can look that up for me. They why, look exactly the same. Why that I can, guy, I got you. Uh, continue my thought here. You know, maybe the Buccaneers end up trading out a pick 32 and somebody comes up to get a guy like Kellen Mond for that fifth-year option. The reason I didn't go quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is because I don't think Tom Brady would like it. And I think Tom Brady has a lot of say in football decisions, even though owners and GMs don't want to. We saw how he reacted when the the Patriots drafted Jimmy G in the second round. You know, I think Tom Brady's like, I want to win another Super Bowl. Like, don't you dare take my quarterback. And he won them a Super Bowl. And I think they're going to follow through. And as long as Tom Brady's there and says he's going to keep playing, they're not taking a quarterback day one or day two. It is Texas A&M, by the way. You were right the first time, Cody. Makes me feel better about myself. I don't personally believe that it's in the Buccaneers' best interest to just straight up listen to Tom Brady there. I mean, yes, he is the guy that uh, took you – to that next step and get you that Super Bowl. And yes, he is the guy that is kind of the face of your franchise right now, despite having a bunch of other guys that are carrying the team more than him. But that's an argument for another day. 
you just can't let a guy like him dictate this because, yes, you might have this one more Super Bowl run, but if you go out and get a quarterback that can learn from Tom Brady, play with these young studs, you might have three to four more Super Bowl runs. So uh, if you're in a position like they are where there isn't a set need because they did bring back all the starters, I think it would be good to plan for the future and use the rest of your picks on uh, depth and better pieces. I mean, the guy's bringing them Super Bowls, though, like you said, so you don't want to get them angry because, I mean, they're they're getting what every team wants in the NFL. So, I don't know. Time will tell. I definitely agree they should start planning for the future and going quarterback as well, but I could see them doing something to make it more productive for the now. Anyway, so that is the end of the Couch Champions official mock draft. I feel like we should quick run through and just name out 32 picks so we have everybody all on the same page before we go into our last thoughts here for the episode. So I'll take one through 10. Cody, you can go after that. So first pick, Jaguars take quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Second pick, quarterback Zach Wilson to the Jets. Third pick, 49ers go Trey Lance, the quarterback. Fourth pick, another quarterback, Justin Fields. Fifth, Penny Swell. Offensive tackle to the Bengals. Six, Miami Dolphins get Jamar Chase, wide receiver. Seventh, wide receiver Devontae Smith to the Lions. Eight, Carolina Panthers go Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Ninth, Denver Broncos, quarterback Mac Jones. And 10, Dallas Cowboys, Patrick Sertain, the second, the corner. All righty, picking up at number 11, the New York Giants take linebacker Micah Parsons. The Philadelphia Eagles via Miami, via San Francisco, Take wide receiver Jalen Waddle, Los Angeles Chargers take tackle Rayshon Slater. The Minnesota Vikings take offensive tackle Christian Darishaw. The New England Patriots take offensive tackle slash interior off lineman Elijah Vera Tucker. At 16, the Arizona Cardinals edge Greg Rousseau. At 17, the Las Vegas Raiders take linebacker Jeremiah Owosu Koamara. At 18, the Miami Dolphins selected Kitty Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan. At 19, the Washington football team selected offensive tackle Sam Cosme out of Texas. At number 20, the Chicago Bears selected Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. And just so Tyler doesn't have to Colts pick, I will take 21 as well. And that is cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. And picking up with the picks that we made today, uh, starting it off with the best team in the NFL, that is the Tennessee Titans. They take wide receiver Kadarius Toney. At pick 23, we have the New York Jets via Seattle. They take edge Jalen Phillips. At pick 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers take cornerback Caleb Farley. Pick 25, Jacksonville Jaguars via the Rams take safety Trayvon Morig. 26, Cleveland Browns take defensive tackle Christian Barrymore. 27, Baltimore Ravens take wide receiver Rashad Bateman. 28, New Orleans Saints take linebacker Zaven Collins. 29, those decent Green Bay Packers, not as good as Notre Dame, take cornerback Greg Newsom. At pick 30, the Buffalo Bills take cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. At pick 31, Baltimore Ravens via Kansas City, the trade we just we're discussing earlier today. They take tackle Liam Eichenberg. And finally, pick 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take edge Jason away. And that concludes our mock draft for the Couch GMs. That is all 32 picks. But guys, I think we need to have some fun with this 
uh, mock draft. So coming in the first round of the draft on Thursday, what we're going to do is we're actually going to track who got the most picks correct. And that means um, if your pick, your exact pick is correct, you get a point. If somebody is taken before your pick even comes up, that just cancels out. You don't get any points for that. We're going to track who gets the most picks right. However, me and Cody did get one more pick than George. So to make it fair, we're going to add a little bit to it. George, what we're going to ask you is how many total, and you have to hit it dead on, draft day trades on day one will happen. How many trades during Thursday's day one of the draft will happen? And what are you going to go with? So we're not counting the three trades that already occurred. So day one trades not already happened. I'm going to still swing kind of big, I think, and go three. There will be three trades during the draft on Thursday. All right. Ooh, you I would have went George is going to go with three. You're going four, Cody. I mean, your pick doesn't count, but it's still pretty interesting. Well, I'm not. I know. I, I That's just where, where I would have went. Uh, I do want one quick clarification on the rule. Just for example, so we picked, I used the Cleveland Browns, 26, Christian Barmore to to them. Now, Christian Barmore goes 26, but the Browns trade out of that spot for a team coming up to get him. Would I get a point? Would I get a half point? Or is it player and team have to both be right to get it correct? I would say player and team. Personally, um, because if you're expecting a certain player to go to the Bills and the Bills trade up, then, you know, the Bills should have to get that guy. Um, So, yeah, if your team trades out of that spot, it's kind of just an unlucky F you right there. It's you just don't get the points. So, yeah, I'm going to say it has to be pick and player correct. Sounds good. And before we I got a real quick question for you. Or maybe a little quick fun. I have a bunch of prop lines on my computer screen right now. And I'm just going to ask you over under. I'm going to read like five of them that I think are interesting uh, and get your feedback. So you can just say over under uh, just for a little fun. We're going to start off total wide receivers in the first round over under four and a half. I'm going to go over barely five. I'm going to go over as well. That's how many we. We did take five in our mock draft. Uh, we did not take any running backs, but the line is currently at one and a half. Do you think that is over or under? I'm going to go under. I could see one, but I'm going to go with under. our mock draft. All right, this one, again, under is what we would did in ours, but currently the quarterbacks are sitting at five and a half. I think we get the six guy taken. Anyone trading back up? I, I don't think the Bucks are going to do it, but there's a chance that somebody moves to 32. I'm going to say over. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go over as well, just because I do think the Bucks are going to take a quarterback at 32. All right, and then my last two total of players drafted in the first round over under 13 and a half. Total what players? They're they're if you can. Defensive players, so all the defensive players. Oh, defensive meaning players. Meaning there'll be 14 defensive 
I know it's an offensive heavy first round. I feel this like is the first round. Yeah, I feel like this is weird that like there was a chance that there's no offense. I mean, no defensive players taken in the top ten this year, which is super strange. But the back end is going to be pretty heavy. I'll go over thirteen and a half. I'm going to go the opposite way. I feel like there's a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of receivers that are worth taking this year, and you can't forget the amount of offensive linemen that are usually highly sought after, and there will probably be more offensive linemen drafted than what we predicted. So I'm going to say under on the defensive players. I think it's going to be very offensive heavy. And then my last one, just for fun, is total tight ends in the first round. We know Kyle Pitts is a lock. But will we get a second one? The over-under is one and a half. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's going to fall to early second round. I don't know. I mean, I love Pat Fryermuth more than anybody else, I'm sure. But not in the first round. All righty. Well, there's a few prop bets for you. If you're on DraftKings, who is not a sponsor, but, hey, we'd welcome them to be a sponsor. Uh Bet possibly don't take our advice for the truth, but uh, have have fun doing it, um, guys. Also, I'm just gonna throw this out there, and you can answer to this. You think we should do uh, a predict the the pick on the NFL.com? Share it out on our Facebook social medias. Let some other people do their mock drafts and compare results. See if anyone can do better than the couch GMs. Absolutely, always Definitely. inviting the fans I mean, to uh, compete with us. Let's do it. Alrighty. Well, be on the lookout for that. And as always, thanks for listening uh, to this episode of the Couch DMs. Thanks for hanging in there with our schedule change. Um, missing last week's episode, but wanting to get this one out early so you had plenty of time before the draft. Uh, we love doing the show, guys, and tons of fantasy stuff coming up uh, after the draft. So get excited. Guys, and as always, we love when you guys get involved. Please get involved with our podcast. Let us know what picks you like that we made. What picks did you hate? Uh, tell Cody how much the Notre Dame football team is the probably the greatest college football team that ever existed. Make sure you tell George that the Eagles are idiots you will for not taking Justin Jefferson. Make sure you tell me that uh, the Tennessee Titans are the greatest team in the NFL right now. Tell us all of that. Get involved. Keep an eye out for our Predict the Pick. Uh, keep an eye out for some future stuff coming from our podcast big things are coming and i can't wait to show you guys so please get involved it's more fun for us and more fun for you when you are involved follow us on our social media channels on facebook twitter and instagram at the couch gms it's where you'll see anything big that's coming and there is a lot coming we're not kidding so for tyler snyder and cody roadcap i'm george kerth we will see you all after the draft. Enjoy draft weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Boom.